0: Hey, good job, Mike. That's awesome having you up here. You're like German with an English accent, right? You're from Germany <laughs> with an English accent. Is that yeah, he's awesome. What a great musician. Glad you're up here joining us today. You guys amazing, amazing, amazing. I think I think we've only got a few seats left and not everybody's back yet. I think we're gonna have to end up adding another service here pretty soon. Was it crazy out there today? Yeah, yes. yeah was it? You think we should add another one? <laughs> it's up to me. Uh, well, you know, I think we're going to have to. So, if you're a guest today, welcome. We're going to try to fix out fix this uh, the space issue, but we'll uh, we'll make some more room for everybody. God, God's doing some amazing things. It's it's just I'm so grateful. I woke up this morning and I thought, man, it is great. It is just awesome to be alive. Amen. I, I did. I was so just. My heart was filled with gratitude this morning. And we live in Venice, you know? I mean, And if you're watching from someplace else, we live in Venice. (laughs) I mean, and we're getting our, our, I'm not going to use the word snowbirds anymore because I think that's, it seems like, it seems like that might come across as negative. I mean, some of you are snowflakes, but (laughs) I, I, I mean, I think summer vacationers, our family who are going on summer vacation are coming back. And we've missed you, and it's just like, it's so awesome. My family's here today, my grandkids are here, Grayson, Blaze, hey guys. And uh, yeah, who knows what that's going to be like over the next 30 minutes, I don't know, but they may be up here (laughs) pulling on my leg or something a little bit. But yeah, you know, I'm I'm just, my heart was filled with so much gratitude. Last night we uh, we went to the art festival yesterday, walked around, saw so many people that we knew, and just community together. We went to Welland Park and they had this new area over there. And we just, man, we ran into so many people talking and playing and kids were playing. I was just like, wow. And then we came back and the stars were just amazing. And I was showing our kids what I thought was Venus, but it turns out it was Jupiter. I was corrected last year. <laughs> you know. So, I mean, it was just, I mean, it was just my heart was filled with gratitude. And I'm glad that you're here. Glad that you're here. Well, We'll get into today's uh, message, but uh, about 25 years ago, 1998, I was helping a good friend of mine who, very smart guy, I mean, like we're talking multiple master's degree, but it it was his first time using a personal computer. He had never had one. I mean, 25 years ago, that was still a little late adopter, but he... I was getting getting it set up for him for the very first time, so I got his computer all set, keyboard. He's sitting down in the chair, and I put the mouse down there, and I said, "Okay, now what you do with this mouse is you move the cursor around and put it to the program you want to open up." Okay, and so he's like, "It's not working very well, you know." And I was like, "Well, let me see that thing." I'm like, "Man, it seems like it's fine." He goes, "Ah, I just can't, I just can't get it to go over there." Do they make one for left-handed people? <laughs> because you think you can fix it? I go, yeah, I can. Hold on. <laughs> there you go. He was like, wow. It's amazing. You know. <laughs> and I just thought about that. I thought, sometimes it doesn't matter how smart we are. We can just get locked into this problem and not realize that there's an easy... An easy solution. And so that's what I'm really hoping happens through this uh, message series, Winning the War of Our Mind, that if we can just make some small mind shifts, some micro changes, it can change a lot. I mean, it really can radically change our life just with some micro changes. And so I'm hoping that we can make some mind shifts so that we can think differently because and I've talked about this and I did a sermon series similar to this about two and a half years ago and uh, we called Stay Positive, if you remember that. And, and I, because the, th- the challenge is, and the thing that I'm concerned about the most for you and for our church and my own life, is that we live in such a negative culture right now. I, I mean, it's just, it just, it can be so negative in this culture. And so we've got to battle that. I think one of the challenges that we have is, you know, there's, there's several things that can cause that kind of ne- negativity, um, news articles that we see social media oh my gosh it's just kind of the worst and, and so we've kind of made a challenge if you're a guest over the last couple of weeks I kind of gave a challenge to you guys to sort of fast or wean yourself off of especially the clickbait news I'm not saying not to keep up and keep in track of what's going on around the world but just there's a lot of information out there that we don't need to fill in our in our minds you know and so I was, I've been kind of taking a fast for that for the last couple of weeks I have not been in, enjoying the news at all and what I've noticed is, after two weeks of being off the news, the same things are going on. Donald Trump's got indicted for something else. Joe Biden fell down again. You know, Taylor Swift is still dating Kelsey Travis, or whatever his name is. You know, nothing in the world has actually changed all that. I'm not talking about everything that's going on with Israel. We need to keep in our prayers, and I've been watching that. But it's so easy for us to fill our minds with so much negative uh, talk from, from what's going on around us in the culture. The second thing is people. I mean, people can just be so negative. And what I've noticed is negativity breeds negativity. I mean, it just does. You can see this, especially, like I'm on the Venice Community page sometimes on, on uh, Facebook. I'll go on there sometimes. And it's some, some great stuff if you're looking for, you know, best pizza place to go to or a plumber or whatever you're looking for. But a lot of times you get in there, it's like, oh my gosh, people are so negative they can just be so negative. I think it's a combination of the world that we live in, the culture, the things they're seeing, and they're angry, and they're trolls, and they hide behind their keyboard, and all this stuff. And it's like, man, it's, it's, just, it's just overwhelming. I've always said, I mean, if you're a negative person, I'll pray for you, I'll minister to you the best I can as a pastor, but you're not going on vacation with me, you know, because <laughs> I don't want to be around negative people. I just don't. You know, I, I, I don't know if I told you this, but I, I like Kentucky basketball, and... Uh, and and so so there's a there's a Facebook page called True Blue Fans. No haters allowed. No negativity. And I signed up and I'm in this form and, and it's really cool because everybody's actually talking pretty intelligently uh, for Kentucky. And uh, <laughs> you know, sorry, I we're there. We're both from there. And so uh, you know they're talking pretty intelligently about Kentucky basketball and everything. And then, But if there's somebody negative on there, the, whoever owns that page, they just delete them. They just, you're gone. You're deleted. I thought, how great is that? You know, wouldn't that be just great if we could delete all the negative things in our life and all the negative people? The other thing I think that causes negativity is, is worst case scenario thinking. Worst case scenario thinking. Anybody, now, first service, we must have had the most positive group in first service. But anybody want to be honest and say you're a worst case scenario thinker? Are you a worst case scenario thinker? All right. No, so I am a little bit, you know? I I think that's the Boy Scout in me. If I go into a restaurant, I like to sit with my back against the wall and watch the doors, you know? Always planning, you know, if I'm golfing with Brad, I'm always looking for a way if I have to combat roll out of the golf cart or something like that. (laughs) You know, whatever it is. But worst case scenario thinking, I'm always thinking the worst thing can happen. Psychologists call this catastrophizing. You know, you're a catastrophizer. And so uh, we want to make sure that we're not doing that. Funny thing, when I did this series before, I had just bought a book for this. It's called Worst Case Scenario Thinker's Survival Handbook. I thought, that's right up my alley. I'm going to buy that. That's a good way to decompress in the evening time, you know, to read that book. And so I I was reading the book, and and the first one, it just really cracked me up because the first one was How to Deal with a Charging Bull. I thought, you never know. I mean, you never know when Venice Ave. Walking down Venice Ave, all of a sudden you see a big bull down there, you know? So I thought, well, I'm just going to check this out and we'll see. What is it? What do I do if that happens? And the first thing it says, don't agitate the bull. I was like, all right, pretty, pretty intelligent. Don't be doing this to the bull or anything like that, you know? And this, the second thing was make your planned escape route to get away from the bull. I go, okay, I'm going over there if the bull charges. Third thing, run. That was it. I thought, I'm not getting that $10 back, am I? That was like the worst, you know, but worst case scenario, catastrophizing. All of those things combined can create negative thinking in our lives. And here's what God's word says. If you search for good, if you search for good, you're actually going to find favor. This is from Proverbs. Very wise stuff here. If you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. And so I, I, I want to get us to where we're saying, man, I'm positive. I am positive on this. And this is not just a self-help thing. I just kind of keep saying that and reminding that, especially for longtime Christians. I know that there's a lot of psycho babble out there with sermons and stuff. But this is, this, is, this is not just a self-help thing. This is that developing the mind of Christ attitude is what it is. It's exactly what it is. And it's not based on feelings because our feelings can betray us, right? We learned that from Star Wars, right? You're... Your feelings betray you, Luke. I think, whatever. I think that was from Darth Vader, though. That's bad. So maybe Yoda said something like that to you. I don't remember. But anyway, our feelings can betray us. But we need to have this positive mindset, the mind of Christ, because of what God says, not because of how we feel. And that's a huge difference. It really is a huge difference. Because if it's left up to my own feelings, sometimes I can be kind of negative. My daughter and I were sitting at the kitchen uh, bar area, and I was sitting there. T- and I told her, I said, You know, this is what I'm talking about tomorrow. And I said, I don't know, you know, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but I can actually kind of be negative sometimes. And she goes, No, <laughs> you know, like I thought it was going to be a revelation to her. <laughs> Turns out it was a revelation to me that she actually even knew that, you know. And so it's crazy, but left to my own, left to my own accord here, I can sometimes have a negative bent. Because my feelings betray me. I'm thinking about all the things in the culture. I'm thinking about all the things in the world. And so if this is what we've talked about over the last two weeks, that your life, my life, our life, is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Put that on the screen there. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Part of this, leave that up there just for a second. But part of this also is, this, this is the more you think a thought, the easier it becomes to think that thought. Now, I've done a lot of studying in, in my undergraduate and, and seminary work on, on psychology stuff. Most of it sounded like Charlie Brown's mom on the phone. It was just worthless. But psychology 101 will tell you this. The more that you think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought. It's like, it's like the, you're, you're developing this neuro pathway in your brain pornography pornography's known for this. It's a big problem with pornography because once you go down that path, you start thinking this thought and you, this thought of lust. It's easier for you the next time to think this thought of lust, and it keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And so it's it's just like when I go out from my uh, my house and I go through my yard to my shed because I'm mowing my yard. Some of you guys don't know what that's like, um, <laughs> but I mow my yard, you know. Yeah. And so, but when I walk back and forth, back and forth from that. I can see this pathway developing through the yard. It's the same thing that happens. The more you think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought. And it doesn't matter whether it's good or bad. It doesn't matter whether it's good or bad. You're just developing a neuro pathway to think this thought. And the more you think the thought, the easier it is to think that thought. And so we're programming, we're programming our, our minds to think this way, whether it's negative or positive. And if life moves in the direction of our strongest thoughts, And the more that we think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought. Then the thoughts that we think need to be thoughts that are the thinking of God. Do I need to say that again? Okay. If life is moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts, and the more we think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought, then the thoughts that we think need to be thoughts that are the thinking of God. That's a lot of thinking. Boiling it down, we're trying to develop the mind of Christ. And we're trying to rid ourselves of negative thinking. For instance, one of the, one of the ways, um, one of the best ways to reprogram the neurotransmitters, the neuropathways in our brain, one of the best ways to reprogram is to get rid of the negativity, to get rid of complaining, to get rid of depression, uh, to get rid of anxiety and stress, is to develop a heart and practice gratitude. That's why, that's why I'm, I'm working on this. You know, I try, I, try to, I try to never tell you things that I'm not willing to work on myself and I'm working on this. I'm working on it a lot for my life. And, and it's why I got up here this morning. I was thinking, I'm so grateful for this and this. When you're practicing gratitude, you can't be negative. You can't do both of those at the same time. It's not possible. I actually tried this week. You can't. You cannot be filled with gratitude. I'm serious, I was just trying. But you can't be filled with gratitude and be negative at the same time we're going to talk about gratitude in, in two weeks from now but just to give you a, a, a little a little bit about this michelle's actually teaching me this my wife if you're a guest she was the one that was over here singing um she's teaching me this a lot she's a lot more um, um filled with gratitude and, and grateful spirit than i am she, she's i'm really learning from her on this um but this is kind of a journey for her it was a while back um she she came she said said hey uh I found a bunch of my diaries and my journals from like 30 years ago, and I said, oh, that's pretty cool. She said, yeah, I was reading them. I said, what'd you you do with them? She goes, I threw them away. I go, you threw away your journals from 30 years ago? I said, why? She goes, because as I was reading them, I asked her permission, by the way, before I shared this. (laughs) Because I've not done that before, right? So I said, I said, why'd you throw them away? And she said, she said because I was reading them, and they, I was so negative. I mean, I was really negative. Now, I've never known her to be negative in 33 years of marriage. I, 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 I'm serious. I really haven't. <laughs> that was funny. And so I really never know. I, I'm not, but, but she said, I was so negative in there. And, and I said, why'd you throw them away? Because I didn't want anybody after I die to find these journals and see how negative I was feeling and the things I was writing about. And so I said, "What did you do?" Now? I said, "What do you do now?" She says, "I have a I have a gratitude journal, and it's a journal just of things that I'm grateful for." And I thought, "That's amazing, and it's awesome." And so she gets up now in the mornings, it's one of the first things she does, and she'll get up and she'll write all the things that she's grateful for. You cannot be negative. You cannot uh, be ungrateful. You cannot be, when you're thinking about all the things that you're grateful for. And that's a way to begin to reprogram our brains and the neuro pathways in, in order for us to think more positively in developing the mind of Christ. Another way, this is a powerful way, this is what we wanna hit on today That if you're feeling especially down, negative, depressed, complaining, replace those thoughts with the living and powerful word of God. And I don't know a better chapter. I think the Apostle Paul did one of the best jobs in writing Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 is one of the most fantastic uh, chapters in in the entire book of the Bible. It is amazing. In fact, I think my next tattoo is going to be Romans chapter 8. Not the whole chapter, just Romans 8, you know, somewhere. (laughs) And, and it is so, so powerful. So what I want to do, there's eight reasons. There's eight reasons that I'm positive. And I'm not talking about me. I want you to actually join with me on this. You're going to be reading these. There's eight reasons that I'm positive that come from Romans chapter 8. So I want you to read this with me. Are you ready? Number one, my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. All right, let's do it together one more time. My sins are forgiven and my eternity is... secure. That comes from Romans 8, 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free. The chains have been loosed in your life from the law of sin and death. That's a promise you can hide in your heart. Now, you don't need to be taking notes on this. I would normally say, hey, write these things down. But these are so powerful that what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask Marilyn, don't let me forget about this, but I'm going to ask Marilyn, if she will, to send this out on an email to the church. So you'll, you'll all, you can all get this in our email blast. If you don't get the email, you want, you want it just on your Connect card, write down your email address and your name, and we'll make sure that we send these out to you. So that way, because what I want, I don't want you to write these down right now. I want you to just absorb this. I want you to kind of take this in, put it into your brain and move it to your heart. And so uh, I didn't want you to have to focus on writing it down so much so, so that we can do that. But here's the concept of this is that once you come to the point of faith, once you realize that the word of God is actually alive and it, it's powerful, we, we in our lives, we get to this point where we say, hey, no matter what has happened today, no matter what circumstances are going on, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven and my eternity is secure. I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about those of you who are in Christ Jesus. I don't have to worry about where I'm going when I die. You know, and so, and so my eternity, I'm forgiven, and my eternity is secure. And that's a promise that no matter what's happening in your life, no matter how much of a negative vent you have, you can take this, put it in your head, move it to your heart, and then you've got this right there as a tool for you to overcome your negativity. The second one is, and let's say this right here at the same time, Jesus is at the right hand of God... Praying for me. That comes from Romans 8, 34. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God right now, and he's interceding for us. You think about the magnitude of that? That Jesus Christ is standing in the gap right now between you and your sinful life, and God and His righteousness and His holiness and His majesty and His power. And Jesus is right there praying on your behalf to God the Father in heaven. That's the point where you go, yippee. <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, that is insane when you think about that. I mean, think about it like, like our pra- you, you write down a prayer request on our card. If you have a prayer request, you have anything or email it in or whatever, anything that you've got going on in your life. Marilyn Hankey is part of our uh, prayer ministry team. He's got a whole group of people, and everybody's praying uh, on that team. Everybody's praying for whatever it is that you're going through all the time. And that's really cool. I mean, that is powerful. But you know what's even better than that? Jesus is praying for you right now. That's Scripture. He's praying. He's interceding for you. If you have nothing else to be thankful for, nothing else to be grateful for, the God of the universe is standing in the gap on your behalf praying for you. That is powerful. Now, I know some of you may have been taught that uh, you needed to have a spiritual leader pray for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And certainly nothing wrong with having spiritual leaders pray over people. I love praying over people. I love praying over you. I love praying uh, with people. But we have the high priest. We have the high priest Jesus praying on our behalf right now for us. And I just think that's just so powerful that you need to put that, you need to lock that into your brain and move it to your heart. All right, number three, ready? Uh, My future victory is greater than my present pain. Yeah, it's good. I'm glad our band is together a lot better than we were on that one. So, um, but it says, it says this, I said, it says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. No matter what you're going through, Right now, it cannot even compare to the glory that waits us when we die. Number four, number four, my mind is filled with the peace of God, Romans 8, 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Listen, sometimes we, we can, if we're not careful, we can speak death, we can speak destruction over our own lives we can speak negatively over our own lives but only speak the things uh, that that god says about you that you are a child of the king i'm learning that probably as well from anybody paul gamash is probably teaching me that as well as anybody right now i have a tendency i have a tendency to 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 use self-deprecating humor I, i have a tendency to do that um it's just kind of my stick or you know it's just kind of what i do um, to get a laugh here or there. Some of it may be born out of my own security or nervousness in being in front of a group of people or whatever, but I'll, I'll do that a lot. And sometimes when I do that, when I'm with Paul, he'll say, "Oh, you're, you're speaking negatively over yourself. Don't do that. Don't speak death and destruction over your own life. Only speak what God says about you, and he says you're the bomb. He says you're a child of the king. I'm learning that greatly from Paul. I mean, he's, he's really teaching me that. By the way, he's gonna, I'm going to present his name to you in December as one of our uh, uh, future elder leadership team members. He's just he's such a great, great guy. He's a deep, deep-rooted uh, follower of Jesus. He and his wife, they're great. They're actually helping me on my journey to, to lose some weight and get in better shape too. They're holding me accountable for all that. All right, number five. If God is for me, who can be against me? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. So if you feel like you're being accused by others unnecessarily, I had a lady crying after the first service this morning on this. She had a really, really rough week with her siblings and stuff. And if you feel like you're being accused by others unnecessarily, you're being treated unfairly, you know, We can hold to the promise that God's got your back, Jack. You know, he does. If God is for us, who can be against us? And you've got the promise of this. All right, number six. Here we go, number six. God's spirit helps me in my weakness. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. I love the simplicity of that. Who hopes for what they already have? And when you give your life over to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit actually becomes our comforter. He becomes our hope and he becomes our peace. And we all want to be stronger in our our lives in the areas where we're weaker. I mean, Lord knows that I, I do. Well, God is for us and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will help you in your weaknesses. All right, number seven, God is working everything in my life for good. Claim that. Own it. Here's why. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I probably don't need to say this, but I just feel like I need to say this. That doesn't mean that once you give your life to Christ, that everything's just going to be perfect. Everything's going to go right. We all know that. Um, Bad things happen. Bad things happen to Christians. Bad things happen to good people. It just happens. But God specializes He's a specialist in this. He specializes in taking something that was intended for harm, that was intended for evil, and he flips the switch on it and he turns it around for something, something that's redeemable and good for his kingdom and for you and your life. It's a powerful truth. It's a powerful promise. Number eight, uh, nothing can separate me from the love of God. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels or demons, neither this present or the future, nor any powers, not height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's powerful. That's powerful. I'm going to share this. I'm going to share this with you. Uh, Before first service today, I had never shared this with anybody before, Um, not even my wife. I've never shared this with Michelle. I've never shared this with you, Hannah, or the kids. I don't think I've ever shared this with anybody before first service today. Um, But when I was a kid, about 12 years old, eternity has always been in my mind. I, I mean, like, I remember the first time I actually remember it was being 12. Because I was thinking, I'm about to be 13. Oh my gosh, I'm getting so old that's what I was thinking as a 12 year old I really was and eternity has been in my mind for my entire life and I, I, I was afraid of dying too even as a 12 year old and the reason I share this with you is because maybe I don't know why I just felt like maybe this will help somebody maybe this will help somebody today but I was I was fearful of death even at 12 my dad because of his job he bought a calculator a digital calculator I mean this thing was like just had do you remember those digital calculators in the 70s some of you um they were like a hundred and something dollars for one of those calculators now you know not very many people had them now we all have them in our pockets and they cost a thousand dollars now or more But this was a big deal for my mom and dad to spend this money on this calculator. And I always remember it because he would let me play with it sometimes. And I would do two things with this calculator. And I would try to spell things on it and turn it upside down and see what it said. Turns out there's some things that you shouldn't uh, type in <laughs> to the calculator. So I did that. But here's what I did. Also, I'm talking 12 year old i i learned what the average age of the average human's life was and i would program in how many days if i live to be the average age how many days do i have left at 12. i'm thinking this at 12 13 years old the thing is i did that for a long period of time and i i would i would just put it in okay how many how many seconds do i have left Etern- I meant maybe it sounds weird, maybe it's crazy, maybe I'm the only one, and this is I'm in therapy right now in front of all you guys, I don't know, but I'm just telling you, eternity has been in my mind, on my heart since I was a little boy. Think about it. And I was afraid of dying, even even, as, even in my early years of being a pastor. I was afraid I was afraid of death I never told anybody that I never stood in front of the church and told that because I didn't think I should say that I didn't think I should share that with the people in the church I'm supposed to instill confidence and in all this but I was going through that in my own heart in my own life and there was a weakness in my faith and I was just I was just struggling with it and even even, and some of it was if I can just be real honest with you some of it was I don't do a good job going to hospitals even today I, I just don't I, I'm so glad for people like Paul Tucker who is our pastoral care pastor who does that I don't do a great job at it because I have a little bit of PTSD because I've been around so much death and dying and destruction, and it's all happened in hospitals. And I'm just, so sometimes I'll walk in and, I'm like, you know, and, and I know it's not supposed to be that way. I get it. I'm not supposed to be that way. I was a pastor, but that's the way I was. And, and I really feared that. And it wasn't until I came upon this passage in Romans that I, I think is the most, one of the most powerful passages. I told you there were eight, but I'm going to give you a bonus one. And so this bonus one to me is so powerful that if you forget all those other eights, if you remember this one, you still get an A on the test. I mean, it is is so powerful. It radically changed my life. It radically changed the way I view life, radically changed the way I view death. It, it, It radically changed everything. When I took this passage of Scripture and I put it into my head and I absorbed it and then I moved it from my head to my heart, and now I believe this with all my heart. Here it is. You ready for this? this? This passage of scripture will change your life right here. Romans eight eleven. For those of you who get tattoos, tattoo this. If you don't, tattoo it in your brain. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That could be all I said right now but it's not. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Now, I've shared this a lot. If you've been journeying with us for three years, you've heard this before, and I hope I do sound like a resounding gong or a broken record because I hope you can regurgitate this as much as me. That I want this to be instilled in you. I go through it all the time in my own life. Because you think about this, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of you if you've put your hope and trust and belief in Jesus Christ. Same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Let me see if I can take that a little bit further. The same spirit, the Bible says that the spirit of God hovered over the waters of creation man, when I look out and I see the universe and I see just how magnificent our creation is, how great our planet is, how great the earth is, and the fact that there's no way that this could have happened by accident. This was purposeful and meaningful and created by our creator. And it says that the spirit of God hovered over the waters of creation. That same spirit is alive inside of you. The same spirit that parted the Red Sea when Moses was leading the Israelites out of the bondage of Egypt, that same spirit is alive in you. That that same spirit that brought down the walls of Jericho when Joshua marched around the city for seven days and the Holy Spirit brought the walls down, that same spirit is alive inside of you. The same spirit that was in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the same spirit. That is alive inside of you the same spirit that we talked about this a couple of weeks ago the same spirit that broke down the prison walls and loosed the chains with Paul Paul and Silas in the Philippian jail it's the same spirit that's inside of you the same spirit that raised Jesus is the same spirit inside of you that's changed my life when I come when I realized that this is real the Bible wasn't just some made up thing to help us as a crutch, to help us feel better or or not be so afraid of dying or be created by people for behavior modification change. And I realized that this is a love story between God and his people. And I put this into my head and moved it to my heart. And I said, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive inside of me. He's alive inside of you. It changes everything. When you have that Holy Spirit living in you, it changes everything. Now, I just feel like I need to say this, that if, you're, if you've never crossed the line of faith, maybe you're just like, man, I, I, I'm trying to believe. I want to believe. I just haven't been there yet. I'm not there quite yet, you know? Man, I hope at some point that you cross the line of faith and you go, I get it now. Man, I believe. I believe, I believe with all my heart. And then the Bible says, once you believe, you don't have to worry about your future. You don't have to work your way to salvation. God's already done that for you. He wants you to put your hope and trust in the God of the universe who loves you so much. And then the Bible says to repent. I know that's kind of a weird word. If you're new to the church, you know the thing you know most about that word is probably some guy at a ball game that stands up and holds up a sign and says John 3, 16, repent on it. I don't think that's the most effective way to win people to Jesus. But repentance is a real thing and it's actually important for us. And it's a powerful command for us. But what it means is not some guy at a ball game holding up a poster board like that. What it means is, hey, God's going this way, but you're going this way in your life. Repentance means I'm going to do a 180-degree turn. I'm going to start following after God. That's what repentance is. And then you confess your sins. And then the Bible says that you get baptized. Last week, we had uh, nine baptisms in the Gulf from our church, man, nine people baptized. It was awesome. It was so amazing. Mike was back there. Mike. Mike Mike can you stand up real quick you you, you were baptized he was baptized last week Uh, it was funny because I got baptized with Mike last week um, because we were in the Gulf and I didn't realize that I was standing around the edge of the shelf you know the drop-off shelf Mike's a big guy you know I'm so glad that Mike uh, Myers pastor Mike was helping me that day because when I went to baptize Mike I stepped in the hole and I went under with Mike, the big Mike. And then Mike Myers pulled both of us up out of the water. It was that way like for almost every one. I was, I was getting baptized. It was hilarious. That's, that's the only way that I know to live a life of complete gratitude, developing the mind of Christ, and being free from negativity and the confusion and the noise from this world is to put our trust and hope in Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. And I pray that you'll do that. And I pray that you'll take these eight, nine things And that you'll put them into your heart and your mind. And when things are going rough, negativity can creep in, anxiety, stress, worry, that you'll hold on to God's promises for what he says about you and your life, not on how you feel for that moment. I'll try to hold you accountable for that. and, And I'm giving you permission to try to hold me accountable for that as well on this journey would you stand with me and if you have not i always just like to say this but if you've not crossed that line of faith maybe today's the day you go i I believe this is the day i believe uh i'd love to talk to you about that pastor mike would talk to you about it jason talk to you about it Uh, if you want to come up for prayer for whatever reason this morning we'll be up here to your left in the front uh during this song and after the service as well let's pray together father thank you for your word thank you for the promises that you give I pray God that they they would permeate our soul and our hearts and our minds so much so that our whole lives are just outflowing with a life of gratitude because of the promises that you've set over our lives and who you are and who you've said that we are and I pray that that begins to infect in a positive way the people in our community and the people that we have influence with and the people that we love and our family members and our community members around us And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory for that, God. And for anybody here who has not crossed the line of faith, God, I pray that your spirit would work in powerful ways to help them see the truth of your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.